Welcome to your weekly edition of the Card Cat. I'm Card Authority Senior Writer Michael Kama, joined by publisher Jody Demling. As is the case each week, a lot to get through, a lot of exciting things coming up, and we're going to get right into it. Louisville basketball, welcome Virginia Tech into the KFCM Center on Wednesday night, which is, you know, going to be obviously a huge matchup. Both of them are looking to continue a positive run in the, the men's basketball race in the ACC. Also going to get to women's basketball as well as some footballs. So there continues to be movement with there. Uh, but, Jody, yeah, let's let's first dip right into to men's basketball. Is you know It's ACC from here on out, and Virginia Tech is one of the biggest you know, opponents on the schedule at this point. No doubt about it. I mean, when you look at the ACC race right now, if I had to – if you had to say, okay, give me your top uh, – your top – two teams in the ACC. Virginia Tech is in that top two, two at some yeah. some fashion with Clemson, in my opinion, which is crazy to think that those two teams are. Um, you know, if you look at the if you look <clears throat> at the measurables, I think the um, the net rankings that came out yesterday don't have Virginia Tech as good because they consider everything for this season only, whereas like the Ken Palm and, uh, and and the other rankings that are out there do take into a factor a little bit of not that not last year, but they 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 have a starting point. So the starting point is better than the net, if that makes sense. So Virginia Tech's a little better in those. And uh, but I, I really think if you had to ask me, I guess I would put them number one a little bit over Clemson. Uh, simply because of of uh, uh, of the win over Villanova uh, back when was that back in it was in late November they beat Villanova um, they lost to Penn State but they beat Clemson by six so I put them a little bit ahead of Clemson right now uh, and then uh, and then they beat Miami in the other game uh, in uh, uh, the ACC so they're two and zero they're eight and one and they're two and zero. And they just they just have uh, it, it's it's interesting what they have been able to do on uh, and, and, and how they've been able to do it with with the guys um, that they have, on you know, on this roster uh, for for this season. And Mike Young, his second year there, you know, in replacing in, in, in replacing Buzz. But, uh, you know, they got four guys in double figures and I wouldn't say they've got the player of the, of the league. I mean, Kive Aluma, 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 I think is his name. Um, 16 and six and a half rebounds. I mean, he's, he's definitely one of the better players in the league, but again, I don't think they've got the best player in the league. I think they've just got a really good, uh, group of guys. And I tell you who I really, really like, he doesn't, he didn't start and I'm not sure he's only played in, in six games. So I'm not sure, uh, what the deal is with him is Jalen Cohn. Remember uh, that guy Louisville recruited uh, a couple of years, uh, I guess two years ago, maybe, uh, but a, a really good, uh, uh, really good guard um, is, is, is Jalen Cohn. So like, I like him a lot um, and, and what he brings to, to kind of this, uh, this, this team, but Michael, very solid. And uh, I tell you what, they're good. Yeah, they are. And I think you're right. I think when you look at this Hokie squad, you know, I think balance is really has what has fueled them so far uh, to this point. Again, eight and one overall, two and oh in the ACC. And and for Louisville to try to, you know, continue that momentum and make sure they you know stay at the top 
you know, among the top schools in the ACC, this is certainly an important game for them. Um, and when and when you look at the you know the two rosters, you know, size wise, I like how they match up. I mean, you mentioned Aluma; he's you know really their biggest guy you know, as far as the starting five goes at six nine, two thirty five. So he's got a little bit more bulk than maybe Louisville does uh, in the starting five. But you know, but as far as the length and something like that, I don't think that's really an issue for Louisville in this game. Um, I think it's just a matchup where they need to continue to grow as a group. And, you know, I thought they took a, an impressive step forward against Boston College, which, again, as Chris Mack uh, described, is kind of unique because of their primarily zone defense where Louisville's going to face mostly man-to-man throughout the year. Uh, but I still thought they, they took a nice step forward uh, in the fact that uh, when they did have, uh, you know, opponent runs when the Eagles were making runs at them, uh, you saw some other guys step up, whether it be uh, Quinn Slasinski with his big three-pointer, whether it was Dre Davis putting in an important layup in, or or Jalen Withers making a you know an old-fashioned three-point play, whatever the case may be. It wasn't just David Johnson and Carly Jones, which obviously those two guys continue to, to carry the load, and that's going to be the case again you know here against Virginia Tech. But I think it's important to see that those guys are staking, taking steps forward because if, if Louisville's going to have success against teams like Virginia Tech and moving forward through a very difficult ACC schedule, uh, you know, Jody, that's what they've got to do. They've got to have, you know, some of these younger faces as well as Samuel Williamson. You know, he's, it's kind of been a roller coaster for him so far uh, this season. He's a guy that I think needs to become more of a consistent impact player uh, for Chris Mack moving forward. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, and and by the way, my my comment on Cone, yeah, he missed the first few games with it with an, an off season injury recovery, so he's been he's been back. So yeah, they've got four guys that are that'll play that are de- definitely in double figures, uh, you know, in this one. And and well, who would have thought, Michael, um, that you would have come into this week and we'd be sitting here talking on this podcast, and you have Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech, and we'd be talking about it being a a key critical uh, and tough week. I mean, and 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 I and I think if you know college basketball, this you know in in, in the preseason, you you knew these two teams were going to be much better. And, but I'm talking about this time last year or this time two years ago. If you'd have been talking about this week, it'd have been like, okay, Louisville's going to get two wins this week. But that's you know that's not the way. This is a this yeah. is a tough week, and this is going to be a real telling week for this Louisville basketball team. Just how good are they right now? If I had to write out one through fifteen uh, in uh, in the ACC, and I did like Luke Hancock's comment on uh, the ACC Network that there are actually sixteen teams this year in the ACC because Kentucky's zero and four, and he put them at number sixteen. <laughs> so that was uh, I thought that was pretty good. But yeah. uh, uh, I, I would I would put Louisville probably right now going into this week. I, I think I would put them at four. Yeah. Um, and 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 I and I know that's that could be a little high, uh, but I really think, uh, you know, the way this league is and, and how it is, um, I, I think it's I think they're definitely right there at four. I think Virginia Tech's one, Clemson's two. And then I'm going to go. I, I think I still think Florida State's probably three just because of their length and their size. And then Louisville and NC State are right there together. But it's crazy how. Um, teams that have gone from the top to the bottom and teams from the bottom have gone to the top. It's just one of those years. And this is a week where Louisville can prove uh, that they do belong in that top five, uh, take, taking on Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech, which if I had Georgia Tech, I would I would have them ranked right now uh, at, at, at eight or nine probably. 
um, in, uh, in, 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 in right there with Virginia and North Carolina uh, in those eight and nine spots. So uh, a weird year, definitely a crazy year, but uh, a, a week that uh, a year where this week Louisville can prove that they're one of the top teams in the ACC. Yeah, I agree. I mean, currently standing wise, Louisville, you know, currently tied with NC State and Virginia Tech, uh, top the ACC with Syracuse, Virginia and Duke uh, at one and zero in league play, you know, trailing behind. Of course, you know, the schedules for everybody has been been so up and down. But you mentioned power rankings and two four seven sports posted there. They do a weekly power rankings for the leagues. And um, I was kind of a little surprised. And you can check this out at, on the homepage of Cardinal Authority dot com. Kind of surprised where they did have Louisville fall in. Uh, didn't really move from much from last week. They're, they've got him seven uh, in, in the league, which I you know think is still kind of you know a little bit low uh, for what they've accomplished this far. And, and I look at it, and I think you know one thing that I do find curious about the ACC at this point. Obviously, Virginia uh, has had a couple of little bumps this this far in their schedule. Uh, you know, dropping a couple games, including you know some ugly ones at that. Duke three and two. You know, they've they've struggled a little bit out of the gate as while also facing you know, some of the, the COVID issues that everybody else is facing as well. So it seems like, you know, you there, you could talk about the, the current standings and the current power standings and all that while it's kind of like, okay, is Virginia and Duke really going to, are they going to, you know, hit the gas pedal at some point and, and climb back up there? Or, you know, or are they like North Carolina, maybe even this year and last year where, you know, they struggle throughout the year. So um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it does progress. Uh, but coming back to this game, that's why I think this game against Virginia Tech is is so vital. I mean, whoever wins this game certainly gets a nice leg up early on in the ACC race. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And uh, you get a good leg up in the race. You go to three and zero, and you know for Louisville it's big because you know it, it is at home. There's not as much home mm-hmm. court advantage this year, but there's still some, and there's still definitely uh, an advantage. Um, and I think for Louisville to have one two games on the road uh, to start off ACC play is, uh, is pretty big. Hopefully they'll get that uh, uh, extra home game that they lost back uh, you know, to, to NC state that they lost back at some point or another, because uh, you don't want to lose a, a home game. Uh, and I think that they will at some point, it's just a matter of, uh, of, of figuring out the schedule and how it's, how it's going to fall. Um, but yeah, I think um, they, they have a chance right now uh, this week to, uh, to prove that they're in there and, and really to take a step forward, if they could somehow get out of this week. And I, and we mentioned it last week, Michael, um, that if they could get through um, the next and get to that, that game where they're, where they're playing Syracuse um, and, and, and get to that game, you know, with one uh, loss in the ACC or, or uh, not, not Syracuse, who was it? Oh, to Florida state, to Florida state game. So, this week, Georgia, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech. Next week, Wake at Wake and at Miami. If they could throw that Boston College game in there, and we said if somehow they could go four and one in those games, I mean three and two in those games would be really really good. If they could go four and one, that really gives them a leg up in the in the in the ACC race because then you're talking about extending it to next week. You're talking about four of the first six games in the league play are going to be on the road. So, uh, so if Louisville can get to five wins in, in league play after that, then that's going to be huge. 
It is. And I think you know, there's obviously some factors that are going to come into play, whether Louisville's going to continue to have success, you know, or, or bump into maybe some struggles, you know, and as we've seen in, in I think this Louisville team is, is a, a, a team that has performed at a pretty good rate, uh, Jody, on the defensive end. And when you look at statistically within the league through eight games, Louisville currently number one in an opponent field goal percentage, holding opponents to you know about 38% shooting from the field. If they can keep something, if they can keep that kind of trend going, um, that bodes well for them, you know, being able to, you know, we've seen a little bit of them getting out in transition because of, of plays of the de- that, or excuse me, that they played on the defensive end. And again, you know, I think if they could continue to improve like that, you're going to see you know, other guys have an opportunity to step up, you know, because Chris Mack joked about it, you know, about a week ago or so, you know, they don't sit in practice and in practice on offense trying to be one dimensional. You know, they are working, trying to get everybody involved. And I think if they do continue to make efforts, especially like we saw against Boston College defensively, um, then you're going to get other guys that are going to step up. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood at some point, Charles Minlin. Uh, we'll be back. You know, he, Chris mentioned yesterday that he's not going to play against Virginia Tech, but at some point he, he, he is likely to be back. You know, so that's going to be a big plus for the for the roster. And then knock on wood, hopefully at some point Malik Williams will rejoin rejoin the squad as well. So you know, I I, I like the the direction that this team is going. Um, I know there was a lot of concerns coming in because it was so youth filled, uh, but I've been impressed by how much they've worked together. How much. You know, even being young guys, Dre Davis and, and Jalen Withers and, and JJ Trainer and 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 on, um, you know, even Quinn uh, Slazinski, the confidence that these guys are carrying, you know, about themselves on both ends of the floor, I think bodes well for Louisville as they continue to gain experience in big games like this and the ones they've got coming up on their schedule. Yeah, Quinn needs Quinn needs to continue to play with the kind of the swagger that that he has. Um, mm-hmm. He's not going to be a guy that averages, you know. 12 points and, and 10 rebounds a game. He's going to be a guy that one game uh, might have 12 points and eight rebounds, and the next game might have four points and in in six rebounds. That's kind of going to be his role is not not the, the scoring and the rebounding, but um, doing a little bit of everything and the communicating. So he needs to continue to do to do that. You know, I think Jalen has taken steps forward this year. Uh, I think he needs to be a little more consistent uh, from what we've seen on the floor from him. And and the foul trouble for Jalen needs to needs to he needs to stay uh, out of foul trouble. He's gotten a couple of cheap you know fouls that you know it's like okay don't don't get that at this point kind of fouls. Uh, and yeah. Sam the same way. And I, I just think with Sam, um, you know, at this point. Um, David and, and Carleek are fine. They're two of the best players in the league. If Sam can get to the level that I think he can play, uh, then that makes Louisville so much better. Um, and, and, and quite honestly, they've they've started off this year uh, very good. And, and I don't think Sam has played uh, anywhere near his potential. Uh, and obviously he had the injury and it took a little while for him. Uh, I think, you know, a game or two for him to, to kind of get back uh, into where he was. Cause I think he did start off at a high level and then, and then mm-hmm. things just, you know, he got the injury and he, and he hasn't been the same. So if, if Sam can get to that level where I think he can play and he should be playing, uh, then I think that really makes Louisville that much better. And, uh, and, and I'm excited to see it. I, I would think Charles, I don't know if we'll see him Georgia tech. I would think we would see him next week, uh, you know, wake at wake and at Miami. Um, you know, it's, it, 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 it's a it's a thing where he gives them another 
another scorer, another guy yeah. who is got experience, who can be consistent, who can be uh, that scoring kind of guy. And, and, and I think, uh, uh, I think that bodes well for, for the future. And, and you just have to hope uh, that when, you know, February rolls around that uh, that there's there's some sign of Malik because they they are gonna need him in the end to do what this team uh, to do what this team wants to do. Yeah, and I agree. I, I think a good way to look at it is look how much of an impact you know, having Carleek on this squad has meant to David Johnson. Um, you know, you have a guy who who what, made only five three pointers all of last year, and granted he. The seasons got off slow to him because of the injury and had to slowly work his way into the rotation. And there were other playmakers on the squad. Yeah, but this year, having somebody like Carleek, being able to attract defenders and being able to dish out to David. I mean, we saw it last week. Not, I don't, I don't expect him to hit four or five from, from deep in, in every game. But it's giving him more, you know, legit opportunities to become, you know, a guy that can not only attack the rim because of his size, but also be, become a threat from from outside as well. And then I think once you do add, you know, Charles Minlin, as you mentioned, another score, and if Sam Williamson can up his game, become more of a, a consistent offensive threat, that that's that, that's just going to bode huge, I think, for for Louisville going down the road. And as you mentioned, obviously, you want to get uh, Malik Williams back, you know, for you to have a real chance to, to meet the aspirations that I think this team has, you know, for when it comes to March, which. It's all going to be in Indiana, so that, that's going to be interesting as well. Uh, but, uh, again, I do like the direction that they've gone, and as they do get these guys back, and, and again, Sam needs to, to pick up his offensive game a, a little bit. You know, I think you know, the sky's pretty high for this team. Yeah, yeah, it is. It definitely, uh, it, it definitely is. I think it's a lot higher than most people uh, thought it would be. The sky is definitely high for the Louisville women's basketball team as yeah. well. They, have, they are loaded with talent. You know, they lose Nia Green. McDonald's All-American. By the way, she transferred to Duke, uh, she announced uh, this week. So uh, the last place where she was, uh, kind of crazy, the last place where <laughs> yeah. she was, uh, when when things went crazy with the with the COVID issues, they played at Duke, and then the next thing you know, she's transferring there. So, But uh, but good for her. She's a good kid and uh, was committed to Louisville for a long time, but, uh, but just realized she was stuck behind this wall of just ridiculous talent. I mean, you look at Norika Kono, um, had 11 points against Bellarmine, and I think in on any other team in the ACC except for Louisville and NC State, Norika Kono is definitely starting and probably the second best player on any other team and the best player on some teams. And yeah. she is the eighth player on this Louisville team sometimes. Now they, the rotations are different sometimes, but most of the time she's the sixth or the seventh or eighth player on this team and had double figures the other day. I, I just, you know, I think their inside post is uh, post play is better. And, uh, and they're just loaded with, with talent. You know, they play uh, Tennessee Martin this afternoon, uh, a rematch of a game. Uh, not many times you see rematches of non-conference games, but a rematch of a game from a couple of weeks ago. Jeff Walls said we're going to get to 13 games, and somehow, some way, uh, we're going to do that. And, and that 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 may, means make up a couple games or play a couple teams different. Uh, you know, uh, twice teams will not play them for some reason. I mean, I guess because they don't want to get uh, they don't want to get beat, but teams will not play them, and it's crazy to me. Um, that, that, that teams are like, you know, like in North Carolina, uh, made all this fuss about travel, travel, travel last yeah. week. 
they would have beaten Louisville because Louisville hadn't played for 20-something days, and Louisville didn't play very well against Northern Kentucky. If that would have been North Carolina, they probably would have knocked Louisville off. It's like it's just crazy to me how some coaches do think and, and, and feel. And I'm like, man, just just get out there and play. Yeah, just, you know, let, let's let's play some ball. I mean, Jeff Walls has got to be going crazy with how much his schedule has been impacted and, you know, and, and having to really pull some strings and, and call in some favors with some friends and stuff just to, to, to keep the to get the team on the floor and get them active and and shake off some of that rust. And hopefully at some point, you know, some of these AC teams or ACC teams are like, OK, it's on our schedule. You know, we'll play. You know, I mean, it's got to get to that point, you would think. Um, you know, but Jody, looking at this team, um, you know, a lot was made of the offensive or, uh, excuse me, of the freshmen that were coming in and how much of an impact uh, they were going to have. And we knew Haley Van Lith was, was going to be a big uh, factor on this team. But at least to me, uh, the start to her career that Olivia Cochran has had, um, I think, has been impressive and is one of the reasons, really, I think, of why Louisville is enjoying so much success at the amount, I guess, or the way that they're playing through the success that they're having. I mean, she's just come in, you know, and is playing like a veteran right away. Yeah, no, she, yeah, she's been, she's been great. And, and look with, with the thing, the thing about it is uh, with Olivia, she was a uh, McDonald's all American. Now they did not get a chance to play the McDonald's all American game last year. So we didn't hear as much about her. Um, She wasn't, but, you know, in the top five, she didn't sign late. She had committed early. Uh, you know, you and I saw her. She, we were, we were at an event in uh, in Louisville, out at the uh, Exposition Center, um, mm-hmm. in the summer of 2019, um, when it was kind of word that she was going to commit. She played really well. Then the next week or next week and a half after that, she committed. So she was, she was long locked up by this uh, by this staff and 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 done with. Uh, so there wasn't as much hype around her because, you know, Haley took that, you know, took it and went and, and, and kind of rolled with it and waited uh, to make her decision until uh, uh, until the fall. And and so, yeah, so so Olivia was a top 20 player, but but not as much. A, you know, there wasn't as much fanfare around her because she wasn't a former number one. She didn't have the Kobe Bryant stuff and all, you know, and just everything that that, that Haley brings to uh, the table uh, away from it. Uh, but Olivia Cochran is a really good player. And, you know, I knew in the preseason when Jeff Walls said, we haven't had a back to the basket kind of player like this in a long time. And, and maybe even mentioned that, you know, where she is now compared to where Maisha Hines Allen was as a freshman, that she might even be a little bit better than that, and I was like, "Oh, now hold on a second, yeah. because that's a pretty that's a pretty lofty there uh, 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 comparison." But but really, when you look at it, I mean, she reminds me a lot of Maisha. She doesn't have uh, the uh, the the range yet, but she's just a freshman. But when she gets the ball inside on the post, it's going in. I mean, there's there's just no yeah. it's going in. She's shooting almost seventy percent. Uh, from the field, the three post players the other day uh, were 17 of 18 from the field. So uh, get the ball inside and they're going to score. Liz Dixon has been maybe the most improved player uh, in the ACC this year. And, uh, and, and, and she's kind of taken some minutes from Olivia. And so they're going to split that time. And I think it makes Louisville even that much better. And, 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 and this is a good team. I mean, and, and you know, we've talked for, 
four or five minutes here, and we haven't even mentioned the best player on the team, and that's Dana Evans, yep. and she's yep. just scoring at will when she wants. She hasn't shot the ball well in the last uh, couple games since they've been back, but 23 days off will uh, will do that to you. So uh, they're going to get better. They're gonna they're definitely going to get better. And they're going to continue to, to grow. And uh, look, it's coming up for uh, in, in a couple of weeks. It's coming up to that showdown because uh, NC State is uh, is number three in uh, in the country. Louisville is number two in the country. Uh, they're both they both should be undefeated when they uh, when they play on uh, January 18th uh, at uh, at the Yum Center. And uh, Louisville upset NC State at NC State last year. And uh, it's going to be a barn burner this year. And to me, they're the two best teams in the league. And maybe with with, uh, uh, you know, I think Stanford and UConn and Louisville and NC State are probably the best four teams uh, in the country. It's going to be fun to see this team play. And and, and again, don't worry about games. They're going to get games. Don't worry about rankings. It's a weird year. Things are going to uh, uh, will shake out in the end. Uh, hey, if, if they get to the end of the season and they only have one or two losses or Knock on wood, I would never predict, project that they're going to go undefeated because that's just not that's not feasible for anybody. I don't think in a league like uh, the ACC that is tough. But if they can get to the end of the year with one or two losses only, they're they're going to be one of the you know seeds, one of the top two seeds in the in the NCAA tournament. And honestly, it doesn't matter this year. The whole thing's going to be played in San Antonio, so yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter um, if you're a one seed or a two seed. Um, it's just opposite you know get you a little maybe a little tougher game in the in the in the third round so but love this team love what jeff walls has done and uh uh very uh, very interesting by the way i did mention one of their top targets in 2022 kaylin gilbert um is gonna pick or i've hearing she's gonna pick another school that shoot louisville was in her top eight uh she's not gonna end up going to louisville from what i understand that's gonna be a hard thing moving forward uh, at least for the 2022 class, in my opinion, they're going to have to do a really good sell job uh, on, uh, on on recruiting because um, they've got so much talent and all this talent is still around. I mean, if you look at it, you know, I mean, everybody can come back next year if they want. They're not. Dana Evans is not going to come back because she's going to be a top five pick in the WNBA draft. Um, but. But but the following year, you know, Liz Dixon and Elizabeth Balagoon, if they wanted to, they could come back. I don't know that they will, but but they could. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so other other schools are going to use that against Louisville in recruiting, and it's 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 just going to be tough because they've got so much talent um, within a couple of classes. Um, it's going to be a tough 2022 is going to be a tough one for them to uh, to pull off. So. Uh, that's uh, our women's basketball update, Michael. Real quick, um, uh, baseball and the other sports before because we're going to end with football. Baseball and the other sports will get back to work next week when the kids get back on campus. And from what I understand, we could be starting to see some schedules coming out within the next. 10 to 14 days. I don't know that we'll see baseball that early, uh, but we could see softball. We could see, uh, you know, the men's and women's, you know, golf teams and, and, uh, and volleyball and uh, field hockey, the one, the springs, the, the, the fall sports that are going to play here coming back up in the spring. I, I think I said fall sport, but, but spring sports 
um, mm-hmm. in schedules is what we could see. Um, and it wouldn't be sh- it wouldn't shock me to see a, an original baseball one coming up in a couple weeks with everything being, um, you know, like like they said, um, you know, the the the. the starting on February 19th. So, uh, so it'll be interesting. And I do think that February 19th weekend, Michael will be at home from what I understand, uh, against, you know, one team. So it would have a three game series at home. Um, and, and, and it's going to be mostly ACC games this year, but they'll throw in the, um, as many of the weekday games as they could possibly get. It's going to be, it's going to be trying, like women's and men's basketball has been, it's going to be real trying to try to keep up with those schedules. Um, and, and, and baseball is a, is a sport that you don't have, it's outside and you don't have as much physical contact. So you would think that, you know, you would think it wouldn't be like Louisville goes to Duke and plays in women's basketball. And the next week, both programs shut down, you know, because of COVID you would think they would be able to to not have that happen in an outside sport like baseball, but you just never know. Yeah, you know, and certainly looking forward to the schedules. Obviously, as you pointed out, uh, opening at home would certainly be a big change for baseball. Uh, they typically they like to to hit the road for kind of a unique event uh, to start their season, usually in a warm place. Uh, although it wasn't warm last year, went down to Ole Miss, which is always an enjoyable time. But they've been you know to South Carolina. They go down to the Clearwater area. Um, so this is certainly uh, opening at home. All this is obviously impacted because of the ongoing. Uh, pandemic but uh, you know it's gonna you know the february date will be here you know sooner than we than we realize so uh but let's let's just en- let's enjoy basketball you know at, as the moment and hopefully you know things can, t- can can continue to progress there and we can get through the seasons uh, and for women get to san antonio for their event men get to indianapolis for their event and then you know we'll be turning around you know even well while those events are going on uh, start enjoying the spring sports getting started. So it's been a crazy yep. year, uh, you know, but things, you know, things are getting through. You know, we didn't think football would get to where it's gotten in it has. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I knock on wood every day and, you know, say the prayers, whatever we need to do, send out the good vibes that, that things continue to progress in the right direction for sports. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, with football, let's wrap it up with football. Uh, yep. Not a, not a lot to talk about, like with the team. Um, we'll, we'll get into the, the transfers and, and that. I, I do want to tell you that, um, I have updated and will continue to update that tracking the seniors thread. Um, Dez has gone to the NFL. Rajay Burns, Marlon Character, Isaiah Hayes, and Jared Gilwar all also going to the NFL. Juwan Pass into the transfer portal is going to Towson State. Rush East going in the transfer portal, um, going uh, to Kansas State. C.J. Avery, Tabarius Peterson, and Robbie Bell with Cole Bentley all returning to school um, they're, uh, the only other transfer portal guy that I know of, uh, scholarship guy that I know of is, uh, Anthony Johnson. And we told you about that a few weeks ago. Uh, some of the walk-ons are, are in the portal. Uh, the, the, oh man, the kid, the, the wide receiver kid that played, uh, a little bit at the end of the year, uh, from Paul Dunbar is in there. Uh, Micah something or another. Anyway, he's he, he's a wide receiver. He didn't play a whole lot. And then I think the two quarterbacks uh, are are in there as well. But uh, nothing official from the other guys. I, I, I from what I've been told, Maurice Berkeley uh, is going to return, even though that injury, the hip injury, he's definitely going to return. 
Derek Dorsey, Mitch Hall, and Roscoe Johnson all will return. That's what I've been told. Um, Dorsey's a little different, but they're going to keep him around, and he's a good kid, good locker room kid, going to go to grad school, and uh, and uh, and is good on that special teams, especially on that punt team, kind of the quarterback of that punt team for the last couple of years. I was told Dorian Etheridge will put his name into for the NFL draft and uh, and and move on. I was also told that the thinking right now is that Ian Pfeiffer, who turns 35 next week, a kid, he's not really 35. I'm sorry, Ian. I know it's just, it seems like he's been around here forever, and uh, he was at Vandy for four years before that. So uh, I, I've been told Ian's thinking uh, probably gonna not not gonna return, and the, the the last that I've heard is Cam DeGeorge will return. I still don't know that that's set in stone, but that's the thinking right now, and. Uh, that would be huge if you have yeah. Cole Bentley, Cam DeGeorge, and Robbie Bell back for the leadership and the veteran qualities that those guys have, and you throw Brian Hudson into the mix. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty good, you know. Yeah, I mean the the offensive line, you know, certainly becomes you know, a massive strength, I think, for for 2021, uh, especially if Cam DeGeorge is back. I mean, obviously he was kind of like a Swiss Army knife along the offensive front this year, able to move up and down at different spots, uh, you know, and, and getting the guys back, you know, whether they're, you know, immediate starters or they're, they're locker room guys, but the experience that they bring uh, for next year and they're able to, their ability to, to lead these younger guys that they've brought in in these last two recruiting classes and help them to continue to progress and, and compete with them, I think is really, you know, kind of the big thing here. You know, the guys that are coming up, they need somebody in front of them to, to continue to push them and say, if you want this job, come take this job. Uh, and, cause that's only going to continue to strengthen things uh, up front. And that's certainly an area of need, especially when you, when you're looking at a quarterback uh, spot where, you know, let, let's be honest. I mean, Cunningham needs to stay healthy. Um, and he, he was this year. He got nicked up a little bit here and there, but he didn't miss any games. Um, I know he looks like he's injured quite a lot out there, but he did stay healthy throughout the season. But, you know, you know with a quarterback room where it's basically, you know, Cunningham or Conley next year, you want to keep those two guys as healthy as you can and having a, an offensive front with such experience, you know, from a veteran group as well as the rising group. And then again, as you mentioned, adding Brian Hudson, a, a stud from Virginia Tech, you know, thanks. I think things bode well, not only for up front in the passing game, but also the running game as well. So, you know, moving towards 2021, I like the direction and I don't see how you can't be that the offense is taking. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And I think it's uh, I think that's a, a good thing. Uh, yeah. Norv, Norv McKenzie, I think, is uh, is is uh, uh, is a tough loss. I mean, I, there's no there's no doubt about it. Um, he did a really good job. Um, really good job uh, as a, um, um, a recruiter and, and, and as a uh, and as a coach as well, because, I mean, you look at what, uh, you know, Javion Hawkins and and uh, and I mean, even Hassan Hall. I mean, Hassan Hall's been injured a lot. Uh, but but you look at what those guys have done at Louisville or since he's been was at Louisville. And, uh, and, and, and it's, it, they're loaded. I mean, they're loaded with, uh, with guys, um, as, as far as in that stable of, of running back room. Now, uh, Hawkins moves on, but, um, you know, Jalen Mitchell, you've got Travion Cooley coming in, you've got Hassan Hall, you've got Aiden Robbins, you, you've got a lot of talent in that running back room, 
Uh, you throw Berkeley back into that mix if he comes back. A lot of talent in that room, and I'm excited to see what a new coach can do. Um, if it's Chris Foster, I, I think Chris Foster fits well with this staff. He's the guy from Georgia Southern. I don't know that it will definitely be him. Could be, might be, probably will be. But um, I, I think he fits well with uh, with this staff and uh, and what they do. So uh, would be excited to see him uh, uh, perhaps be that guy. Um, he's got really good recruiting uh, roots in North Carolina, in South Carolina, and Georgia, and has done a really nice job in Florida. Um, uh, more looks like to me more central Florida, um, which would be a, a, a nice thing because um, Louisville's gotten some good prospects from central Florida uh, over the last few years and, and would be a nice area to kind of continue in. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think things are, are, are not as, as bleak as some people think they are. I think that uh, they've done a nice job addressing needs with the three, grad transfers and uh, and now they move on and uh, and move forward michael yeah i agree you know and, and again to reiterate what you said about uh, norv you know i thought he did a fantastic job and and if you look especially i think if you look at jalen mitchell and what he did when he was thrown really into the fire because of you know Javion just choosing to opt out and injuries to hassan hall and and maurice berkeley but i, th- I thought the play that uh, jalen mitchell had during you know there at the end of the season really spoke volumes of how well he was developing uh, the running back room as well. And, and, uh, and I like what they have coming back in the running back room, you know, and if it is Chris Foster, he probably is, would be excited for the talent that is there waiting for him. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I get the concerns that some people have, you know, when you're, when you're bringing in, uh, when you're replacing somebody like Norv with, with somebody from uh, a non P five conference, I, I, I get that. Uh, but also at the same time, I think that might be, from a recruiting aspect, I think that might be a little overblown. Um, you know, as as we've seen, you know, with not just this staff, but with, with the staffs that have previously been at Louisville and at other schools, a lot of that is how well you, and how quickly and how well you can get along uh, with the prospects and the prospects family. And for for Satterfield and his staff, Jody, we've talked about it. They they talk about it almost every time we interview them in some form or fashion how important relationships are. Um, and as you and I have experienced, uh, whether it be going out and visiting with the guys that have signed with Louisville in person or just over the phone and through text and other means, um, that's something that is always brought up almost immediately when what was it about Louisville? You know, often you might hear you're in a recruiting process, well, they need a guy at that spot, or I feel like I might be able to come in and impact immediately. And, and while these guys do say that, it's usually following comments about, you know, the connection I have with my position coach and coach Satterfield, you know, really, you know, set the stage for, for why I committed to Louisville. Um, and I think that continues to spill over into the, into their coaching staff. And, you know, it, it's, if you've got a bunch of guys who are, are good friends and, and they're good at, at coaching the positions that they're coaching at, I think that that just spills over into, into every aspect of the game, whether it be getting your guys ready to perform on Saturdays or finding future Cardinals to, to come in and, and fill those roles. Um, you know, so I could totally see where that, where Chris Foster would make a fantastic addition. He's got the long relationship with Satterfield and other guys on the staff. And as you mentioned, he's, he's had success recruiting at the Georgia Southern level. So certainly if you came into Louisville, you have to raise that bar a little bit, but his success has, you know, and he's been a guy that's been nominated for the Royals award for top assistant coach. You know, he's an associate head coach at Georgia Southern, which does speak, 
volumes as, as well. Um, you know, but if you could do it at that level, again, it's all about relationships. So there's no reason um, that you shouldn't be able to, to take it up another notch. It's kind of like if, if you're recruiting, you know, the top high schools in the Atlanta area, you know which guys on the roster. Okay, those guys are clearly P5 guys. I'll talk to them, but I've got no chance of getting them at Georgia Southern. So you go for the next level guys. Well, when you come into Louisville, now you're going to up your game for those top level guys at the school schools where you've already built great relationships uh, with the coaches on the staff there, with the administrators at the school. And you certainly know how to build relationship with, with the, with the athletes and their families as well. So totally yeah. could get where somebody like Chris Foster could come in and make a great fit. Obviously I suspect it's an opening that's drawing resumes from a number of guys across the country. So I think it will be curious to see um, who eventually does get it. I think Chris Foster is probably a good place to, to put your money right now. Um, you know, and, and by the way, Chris Foster knows Travion Cooley and, and, and recruited Travion Cooley early on and uh, uh, has a relationship with him. So that yeah. makes uh, that makes things a little different there. So uh, so don't I wouldn't worry about that one uh, as much. And I, I'm sure Travion's going to be upset because he built that uh, relationship with Norv McKenzie and they were very, very tight. I mean, he's told yeah. me I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time on the phone with, uh, with Cooley being the top, you know, the highest ranked kid and a uh, good kid. Uh, and I'm excited to see what he does. All those guys will be in town this weekend. Um, in all 13 of the new guys now, uh, from what I understand, it's still number is still 13. Um, I, I know there was one signee that was still trying to get some, some schoolwork done, uh, right before Christmas. And I assume he did, but, uh, there's guys again, there, uh, there's 13 of, uh, the 24 now, uh, including the three grad transfers. You can listen to our other podcast talking about shy words and Kendrick Duncan from Georgia Southern yesterday. Uh, but 13 of those 24 guys will be on campus uh, next week, enrolled in school, and they'll start working out on Monday once they get enrolled uh, with Coach Siriano and the wait staff. And then moving forward, uh, we'll be at spring. We'll be during spring ball. So it's a huge, huge, huge thing uh, yeah. for uh, for them. And, I, and we'll we'll address the uh, uh, the quarterback situation, uh, you know, next week. Oh, kind of what we think and break down. Uh, the 2022 class of uh, of uh, of of guys, um, I, you know, I, I, Malik Cunningham is the quarterback for next year, and and in in my mind, I think Malik Cunningham is probably the quarterback for two years, unless he has just a ridiculous uh, uh, a season next year. So I'm not as worried about, which I think he will, by the way, have a much better season than he did this year. The numbers were great. It's just you got to turn down, get down the uh, the turnovers. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where they do go moving forward. Cause they've got to get a, a, a big time quarterback in the class of 2022 or a guy that can, you know, they can come in and, uh, and, and challenge, uh, and to be a starter in the 2022 class. And I think they will, but, uh, uh, it's all going to be weird because the numbers are low and, uh, and, and things are different now in recruiting than they used to be. So uh, as we sort through that and, and numbers the rest of the week, just know that between now and August 1st, there are no more spots left for Louisville to bring anybody in. Now they can get some walk-ons and I think they will get some, uh, we mentioned this last week, I think they will get some walk-ons. Uh, Nathan McElroy was a great pickup for them. And uh, I think they'll get some more, uh, walk-ons as uh, as we move forward in the course of the next couple of weeks. I know of at least two and potentially three uh, uh, names on the local scene that will turn heads uh, that uh, 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 that people uh, 
uh, I say local, I mean statewide, uh, that will turn heads uh, for people in the high school ranks that know that these kids uh, are really good players. So, But for now, that is a, a long, lengthy edition of the Cards Cast. He's Michael McCammon. I'm Jody Demling. Keep clicking CardinalAuthority.com. We'll see you next week.